have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. I hate most people. That part of me is gone. Working and not succeeding. All my uh, failures has left me. Uh, I just don't care. Well, if it's in me, it's in you. There are times when I, I look at people and I see nothing worth liking. I want to earn enough money I can get away from everyone. Good evening, friends. <laughs> Does it wait? You guys... <laughs> no. No. I thought you were bringing you us in. Hear... You have echo, I think. Oh, hold on. Hold on. How does it sound now? No, it's still not going. Oh, it's not working? Hold on. <laughs> How long are we going to do this for? <laughs> it's all right. No, we, it's... Don't need to, we don't no. need to do that. We don't need to do that. <laughs> no, we need, we need Mecha Tyler. Yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> it's Mecha Tyler. Is it like Hulk Tyler? It's, it's like, Mecha Godzilla. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. I think I gotta change. Uh, I'm gonna like change my mic like mid. Voice mod. If you guys want to download. <laughs> Back in the early two thousand teens. Like the eighties. You guys hear it now? Yeah. 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 Oh, like you have a harmonica in your throat. What about this? It sounds like I'm in a cave now. Whoa! Yeah. Tyler, you're in the oil well. You're in the oil well. Watch out. <laughs> Just a bastard in a basket. That's cool. I kind of want that. <laughs> Welcome to episode 42 of the Late Film Podcast, where we keep it super lit and electronic. Yeah, I'm here with my confidants, Pat, Bridgie, Kevin, and my wifey, Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Abigail, give it up, everybody. Hello. Thank you for that delightful intro. Uh, I am hyped. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. We back. We're back. That was the that was We're the best back. intro just to lay film in history. Are we gonna go with that intro? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome, episode forty-two. Uh, yeah, we got a special guest. Yeah, forty-two, right? Yep. Yes. It's pretty crazy. Nice. That's awesome, you guys. It. It's been almost two years, so we haven't even we we kind of been slacking a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. It was forty-two more podcasts than I ever made. So, actually, you made one. This is 
Abby's second, second uh, performance. Yeah, this is your <laughs> oh sophomore debut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm excited to be back. Abigail and I are now married since the last time we potted together. It's our first time potting as a as a wedded couple. Ooh. Fun. <laughs> married life. <laughs> How does it feel to be married? Pretty sweet. I love it. <laughs> I think Abby likes it. yeah it's all right i'm just kidding it's great honestly it's i mean there's a reason why we got married so yeah it's pretty awesome so far (laughs) so far so good (laughs) i mean she's pretty pretty amazing i was like to for doing this pod today uh I didn't even like hit her up about it ahead of time at all. I just asked her when she got home at like six. I was like, hey, you want a pod? You want to get on this episode? I was watching. <laughs> I was finishing There Will Be Blood. By the way, There Will Be Blood will be the episode. My one of my faves of all time. And I think uh, we watched that for the first time together too, babe, right? There Will Be Blood for the first time? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. You and I both. I'd always wanted I to watch watched it. it for the first time with you for sure. Yeah. And I was blown away the first time. And then I was really excited to watch it again. I've been meaning to ever since it popped up on the, you know, on the stream. It's been on my list. Um But yeah, we have a real pro on the pod today, a former teacher of film. Not this year. But oh, you I gotta mean, throw that out there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we gotta throw your credentials. <laughs> People gotta know it's just, not somebody just off the street. <laughs> <laughs> no. She was there hired by the state to teach kids about film, folks. She's certified. In history. certified. They're kind of desperate. I will. I will say that the education system right now. <laughs> Abby, Abby, we're pretty desperate. <laughs> Yeah, she came to me for she came to me for half of her lesson planning. <laughs> Did help a lot. Did help. And then a lot. I went to then I went to Kevin and Pat and Richie for lesson planning. Oh my god! <laughs> no, Abby should be teaching us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a red flag when I'm getting hired to teach kids about them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> seriously, seriously. No, if if we had Pat teaching kids about film, like the world would be a different place. Like if if we implemented that for like we'd 30 years chips. or like a couple generations, yeah, we'd be <laughs> We'd chips. have a bunch of Rick and Mort like Rick out there just fucking geniuses. <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what I got. Evil geniuses <laughs> running around. No. No, but like good, good Ricks, like I'm talking Good like oh like God. like interdimensional travel within. Then he's not decades. Rick. There's no. No, I know. I, I was trying to. Th- I'm like a being a being like that. You know, like his smartest, name's not man Rick. In <laughs> I would a billion percent do like a Mishima type deal on top of like the school office. Oh my God! <laughs> within the first month, maybe. Oh my God! Yeah, that's why they don't hire me. So in essence, I could have used 
all of you in my classroom. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, what maybe like? if she ever has another class, we'll guest. We'll we'll make a guest appearance. Yeah. I and wanted to ask. Oh, sorry. No, no, no I'm sorry. Here you go. I do want to ask Abby real quick because I think we talked about it briefly before the COVID got really, really serious. But like, was there any standout film or moment with a student from back then or from a year ago? That comes to um, mind. With a student in my film class? Yeah, just like anyone's like, oh, we love this movie or they told you about a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had multiple times that that happened. A um, couple times I would offer random extra credit assignments like because students were behind a lot especially last year um so anything that i could you know get them to watch and write something about was like i was like i'll give you credit for it you know so i was like trying to find things on netflix and stuff and i had some kids come back to me and say like um documentaries or docudrama i guess like the social network um really affected them obviously let's hope so right um oh the social dilemma you mean sorry yes the social dilemma yes very different um and um what is the one with tom hanks and antonio banderas they are um a couple and tom hanks has aids and um, oh philadelphia philadelphia yes philadelphia love that yeah. movie such a good one and um i kind of threw that out there as like a um this is no, I, I just didn't have enough class time. So I had like an ongoing list of films that I recommended to them. And they were kind of always coming back to me and talking to me about stuff like that, which I thought was really fun to engage with them like that, you know, because, um, yeah, kids don't really do like book club anymore. So that's like the closest it gets for them. Um, but yeah, I had a couple really awesome moments in the classroom as well, where students started a film just like oh my god really like are you serious like we're watching this and then by the end of the movie like they were all like so sucked in um eyes could not leave the screen d you know totally enthralled with the film and one of those was Rashomon um yeah. and I actually did a really fun project with that afterwards and um they got really into that they were all kind of like um judges and lawyers for each of the different characters within the film and um yeah that was a really fun debate and that was totally a movie that they never would have thought they would have liked you know so that's the fun part for me dang yeah i forgot you guys showed rashomon that's pretty crazy mm -hmm. honestly like i feel like i didn't watch rashomon until like two years into being or like a year into sex date Right? Did we yeah. watch that in, in one of the in like Pomo's class or something? Mm -mm. I mean, you I've never, it. I've never seen it Tyler, so that makes you feel better. No, I had seen, yeah, I had seen, I seen it. I watched it. I, I think at Sac State. I think one of the one of the classes there showed it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it seems That's like really a film cool. That they, they got would. to watch it in high school. <laughs> what do you think their favorite movie was? Like the favorite, all the students' Ooh. favorite movie you showed was. Other than like, oh uh, my goodness, other than that's like tough. A easy one, like Shrek or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, was it a happy one? Didn't they really show... liked Jaws. <laughs> 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 I 
I mean, who doesn't like Jaws, right? Um, let's see. What else did they really like? Oh, we watched The Princess Bride, and they really liked that one, too. Oh. Oh, wow. Dang, yeah, that's like a movie that I feel like kids nowadays just... A lot of kids won't know see. about unless I'm yeah they don't know them. how much yeah. of a classic it was <laughs> exactly yeah but it I also showed them um no 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 I had them choose between Monty Python and the Holy Grail or Princess Bride because I felt like I couldn't show both because they're pretty similar like comedic theme um same like style of storytelling Big time period kind of yeah <laughs> Oh my god, Abby, I thought you you meant The Princess Diaries, so the whole time I was thinking like, yeah, Anne Hathaway, like, such a good movie. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what a classic. Hey, are you, are you hating on Princess Diaries right now? Because let me no, tell you, No, I love that Princess was... Diaries. No, that, no that's why that I said. That was a staple movie of my preteen years. No, when you said Princess uh, Bride, I thought of Princess Diaries. So I was like, oh yeah, such oh, a yeah. classic. So then when you brought it up again, I'm like, oh, wait, you meant to... Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it actually is a classic, in my mind, at least. Yeah, you should have showed them Princess Diaries. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah, they, they enjoyed pretty much every film. They were, um, you know, they came around by the end. Um, but yeah, they really liked the horror films. I showed them Alien and um, Jaws. And let's see. The ones that they really couldn't get into, I did a whole unit on um, Hitchcock, and they were kind of struggling <laughs> with Hitchcock to um, understand his purpose and and the art behind a movie that was made in the 40s. They just had trouble with that one. Did you show yeah. them The Lady Vanishes? That one's a good one. No, no I did not. Oh, I showed them Rope and Rear Window and oh. Rebecca and Psycho. I think that's all for Hitchcock. Yeah. Kids nowadays see black and white and they're just like, nah. That movie's <laughs> old. Can't do it. But Rashomon changed that for my class. Like, it really did. It changed that yeah. stigma in their minds. Um, and it was a foreign film, all subtitles. And <laughs> I prefaced it a lot. I was like, guys, I know I'm asking a lot from you, but they they did a good job. They stuck with it. So anyway, enough about my film class that I taught without any credentials to teach a film class. <laughs> Let's get started, maybe on this film. <laughs> I'm trying to downplay yourself. <laughs> you know what but, did make uh, yeah. me my little um teacher brain um tick was seeing Upton Sinclair's name attached to this film because I mean all of us probably learned about him if not read some of his work when we were in high school correct yeah yeah yes. I think so what do you guys remember about him oh what's the big one about the meat packing factory mm -hmm. is it jungle or yeah yes nice yeah dang what the heck i do remember that oh, okay too. i actually don't know yeah. anything <laughs> i would have never <laughs> remembered that though unless you didn't unless you 
didn't say that, but I totally remember right? learning about that. Yeah. I, she did, so you didn't learn about the jungle in high school? Um, Me? No, I don't. I don't believe I. I don't even remember any of that. The jungle. Mm -mm. Yeah, it was a book written by Upton Sinclair, who wrote the same book that that this film "There Will Be Blood" is written on. So he was like an author oh. in that time period, kind of like post-industrial revolution, or you know, during that time period. And he was a big uh, critic of it all and of like the um, disgusting capitalism of it all. And very outspoken about it, which was like, I guess actually for that time period, it was kind of cool to be a be a trash talker. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I was asleep during those U.S. history classes, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's not the brightest history. <laughs> <laughs> But did you read the the novel that the There Will Be Blood was based on? The uh, it's called Oil, right? Mm -hmm. The the book I that he wrote. Did you it. read that? Okay. Um. Yeah, I didn't realize that it it was written by Upton Sinclair. Um, after I found that out actually today earlier, like just like looking at some stuff on the movie but this movie is freaking amazing one of my favorites of all time and i feel like after watching this movie it leaves you feeling a special type of way and so i want to know how all of you guys felt after the first time you watched this movie because i think this is all we've all seen this movie multiple times but like what what did you take away from it or like what was your favorite part of the movie after watching it okay so popcorn pick somebody <laughs> Pat. uh okay uh a part that always jumped out to me is when uh they're swimming in the ocean after laying out the route for the oil oil line and then uh the uh i've always picked up on it but uh this time it was more sentimental the little towards the end the quick little montage to establish hw's future wife and marriage mm. yeah it's kind of yeah you remember i remember being she's, a kid she's having crushes like that language with him yeah or just yeah just like they're at the age where it's just a crush but you can see yeah hw clearly wins because he seems to have a far happier life than anyone else in the film or possibly time period in the film. That was my takeaway, like that ocean scene and then, yeah, HW stuff. Uh, one of my favorite things from it was uh, its ability for setup and payoff. Um, the pacing on it was is incredibly just brilliant and just so precise and it maintains like this balance where it just keeps flowing and it just washes like it washes you over in like only necessary information just enough for you to like follow what's going while also introdu introducing something new 
And it's like this grand scale epic of the onset of modern day America and everything and every consequence to come of it. And even the title alone, There Will Be Blood, is like mythic in proportion. Mm -hmm. And this is like a modern day myth. And every time I watch it, I just get so immersed in it. And it takes on like a whole other meaning for me. And so this time around, I was really paying attention to... I guess Daniel's relationship with uh with Sunday like the oh my god and I I I just think that it's it's so captivating and also such a cautionary tale and showing just the complete ugly and malevolent side of human nature and I'm really excited to talk about this one Um, for me, I think my favorite scenes are just with whenever Daniel is speaking to, uh, just anyone besides HW, like his social etiquette is like terrible. And, um, so I just love seeing him rip into, rip into other people and, um, just like, I'm just thinking to myself, like, nobody, like, hardly anyone ever checks him besides, you know, obviously the Eli Sunday being that he's his nemesis. But, um, yeah, I just love that, like, he always has the last word or he just gets away with, like, saying the most insane shit to other people. And he doesn't ever get in trouble or, like, I don't know, he doesn't get arrested or anything. He doesn't, like... You know, nobody goes up to him and be like, you're coming with me, sir. It's just like, no, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to slit your throat and you're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah, just any sequence that has to do with that. Because, uh, yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis is like a once in a lifetime actor. So, like, yeah, this movie, he he just controls every facet of the, the story with like his presence. Sure. Yeah, I really agree with that. I really love his character and he did a fantastic job. You're um, just mesmerized by him the whole time. You just want to see, you can't wait to see what he does next. <laughs> um, I was personally, I think it's probably my personality, drawn to the uh, more human, softer moments that he let us have in the short time that we saw him on screen in this movie, it felt like it went by so fast. The story, like you said, Kevin just flowed so well. Just couldn't wait to see the next second, you know. Um, but yeah, the human moments, especially that he had with his son, those really stuck with me. And how that whole separate storyline um, really made a difference throughout but, um, it made you want to cling to the goodness in him. You know, maybe he is, <laughs> maybe he is good a little bit. The, this is where Abby and I differ in why a lot of times <laughs> we like, we'll watch a show like, and it gets too dark and Abby's like, I don't want, I don't want to watch this anymore. Like, I feel like 
for me, like, my immediate takeaway from first time watching this was for sure just the the performances and dynamic between Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Dano. <laughs> and just each of their scenes, like you, uh, Paul Dano's church, his first church scene when he's like getting the devil out of the church and even just the cinematography, how he like throws the devil out of the church as the camera is kind of like being thrown out of the church as well. And then just like the bowling alley scene, uh, Daniel being baptized, just all those scenes are just like, they're just so captivating and iconic. But I do also like, I just love the the plunge from being like an ambitious man, you know, mining for silver and then he finds oil and you know he just keeps growing more and more success and then it's like his ambition turns into greed and everything just falls apart and i yeah i just love it the slow descent into madness sadness and really failure even though he's like more successful than anybody on in the country in the movie hmm. <laughs> that's pretty dark but I mean right <laughs> you know I, I find it unfortunate like that this movie came out in the same year as uh, No Country for Old Men and because um, both films are like incredible they're like masterpieces and um yeah, I just can't help but to think like while I'm watching the movie, like, dang, we get like two of these movies in one year. Like, it would have been so difficult for me to like even choose like, you know, which movie is better, you know. And um, yeah, I agree um, with Tyler about like his evolution from being this miner for silver to like being this oil man and, and him like establishing himself as... <laughs> this businessman and he's like just gonna take advantage of everybody like i don't know I, I feel like he never like his humanity like was hardly ever there like he even when people died like he just barely gave condolences and didn't really um i don't know all he worried about was like the oil and stuff even during the tragic moments like he just always looked after his business that man is a machine. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the beginning of just pure capitalism. Like, it's just... Uh, it's crazy because, like, if you put yourself in that time period, like, as, like, somebody who's, like, living in that town and Daniel Plainview comes and wants to build... start mining for oil and he promises all these things of like new shops and clothes and food and bread, water, all this stuff. It's like, yeah, who wouldn't want that for their town? But it's kind of crazy just to see like, you know, now we're like over a hundred years later and what it's turning into now. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it's a good, it's like a good future. But then later on you see like, is it a good future though? Is this like sustainable? Are we being, we're obviously being exploited now and mm -hmm. I don't know. 
it's that's a whole underlying theme of of um you know what resources can we possibly use to make things it's like the and this movie touches so much on the founding of america and what it means to be american during this time period in the wild wild west you know that is totally um major theme and like why our country is the way it is and and how we were able to grow so fast you know just steal the resources from the earth might as well (laughs) sorry yeah it's very greed driven Mm mm-hmm could miss the um the well no you you're not going to miss the the greed aspect of his downfall but honestly like i thought it all came down to that that he talks about in that scene when he's you know talking to henry and he's talking about that inner drive that inner drive was the reason he was everything that he was you know it got him everywhere that he was but it's I that <laughs> Right. Yes, I have a competition in me. Nobody else can succeed. And I feel like at that point, like he's got it in his mind, you know, that he there is no other option for him. But he also has this crazy complex because he's been through so much to get to where he ultimately ends up, you know. Like just from the very beginning of the movie, the first um, scene of him down in the well like he just suffered so much to get to where he was that a part of me honestly empathizes with him you know how could you not feel like you deserved it I think it's interesting that you bring um, some of those points up because like I almost feel like he has a god complex or something for sure because <laughs> because he definitely rejects God, right? And then he, mm-hmm. um, we'll talk about it more later when we get more details, but like, you know, the third um, revelation and whatnot, uh, I think that that all has meaning. And um, yeah, like, like even from, from the, from the uh, get go, like he, uh, yeah, it's about like how he rejects religion, but like, I wondered if he, incorporated some of that into his life like he actually believed in it would he be a better man for it um because yeah he's really cold and calculated and super scary like it makes me think of you know shit you know the people that are running this world what if they're like you know half of who he (laughs) is or even 10 percent of who he is you know like geez hmm makes you question does anybody get there without being like that you know are the people right. who are in control for a reason. Pat, what do you think about that? I want to hear Pat's thoughts on that. Yeah, the Daniel Play- Plainview, he's uh, very representative of the uh, industrial age. Nietzschean, maybe Nietzsche, I think Nietzsche is earlier, maybe. But like, yeah, the people had been believing in multiple religions almost unanimously and there's certain formations of government and then 100 150 years later uh things have changed so drastically that there's a vacuum uh and people like daniel plainview are going to fill that vacuum 
with a new god, a new something to fill that driver mean desire for meaning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what this film's touching on. What do you guys want to give uh, some ratings and then just dive right into it? Sure. I'm going to give it a five out of five. This is uh this is up there. I would say top three for all time for me. We need to get a poster of this one in the house, babe. We need to replace one of our <laughs> movie posters. Because I actually just okay. seen the poster today. I was like, I love that poster. I love that font too. The font, just like yeah. the beginning font, there'll be blood. So clean. But yeah, this uh I just I love this movie from start to finish. It's the easiest three hour movie to ever watch. Um yeah, just the whole character arc of Daniel, the performances, the human sides of it. Like Pat was saying earlier too, like H HW's arc. Um Yeah, it's just amazing. Especially the performances though. I think with like iconic performances, like I would say like it's not really argued much, but like I know a lot of people say like this performance by Daniel Day Lewis is one of the greatest of all time. Um and I think that's really the main like takeaway at least for me in this movie or like what draws me in so much is just that performance by him is is just unbelievable and you just can't you can't take your eyes off it It, i think of him as like a historical figure more than the actor (laughs) when i think of daniel plainview yeah i think like oh this happened this is like a time machine screen yeah like you're there you're (laughs) literally there like with him like as an oil man just like when he's persuading every like all the townspeople like coming off as a family man buying up all the land and stuff you're like how could you not uh you know look like be schmoozed by this guy and you know he's just he has how a certain everything aura. is but yeah five out of five for sure I'm going to hop in with a 5 out of 5 as well. It's a timeless movie. Uh, I think this will hold up forever. And uh, yeah, it's just such a... It's one of those movies that uh, you watch it and you completely forget. At least for me, I I know it's a movie and I'm sitting there watching it. But like part of me like completely forgets I'm just in the world. I'm looking at the visuals. I'm imagining the, the time period and what life was like then. So I'm so engrossed in it. And uh, I think that's one of the greatest successes of the film. I'm going to give it a five out of five as well. This movie, when I first saw it a really long time ago, um, it sort of helped get me into the like a new stage of like appreciation when it comes to like reflecting on art and um interpreting the messages that it has to like share with us and it was a very formative movie for me because it 
it was like a fable in a way. And it's like one of those primal stories that's passed down from generation to generation that is just so grandiose in nature and in, in execution with all of its cautionary tales and also showing how easily easy it is to fall into those sorts of or I guess to take on those sort of paths in life because anyone is capable of doing it like this remove this movie reminds me of um come and see in a way where it's able to retrace the roots back to someone so evil all the way to the, like the very beginning and I just love that so much about this movie because even in like the oh gosh there's like this one part I really want to talk about with Daniel um but it's such a, a it's so bittersweet to to see those moments where he is uh where, like there's a moment where he's like playing with the hat and oh my god <laughs> um yeah. another aspect of it that really stands out to me in my mind is like the texture of it as well. Everything is so gritty and sweaty and dirty and it's just so unkempt, but so raw at the same way. I think that that's why to me it stands out as being just completely immersive and just going from a movie to a straight up experience. Like this movie is an experience and it holds up so well, so well. Um, and yeah, highly recommend it to anyone who likes anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I am going to give the movie a 2.5. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to give it a five. Um, <laughs> Oh, what the I fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, right? Imagine being the one person. But um, no, I uh, I think this film is like an... It's It almost feels like an epic in... I don't know, like Mastercraft filmmaking. Um, yeah, just like the first 10, 15 minutes alone where you don't really get a lot of dialogue and all you get is like the... The sound and the enthralling music it just like really pumps you up for like what's to come later in the film and um yeah it almost feels uh i don't know i feel kind of productive watching the movie because you, you see them building all these rigs and like you know going to work like you really feel like they're like uh digging for oil and yeah, oh my gosh, like when when people get hurt or when people get killed or when there are accidents that happen, like you really feel you really feel it with the sound and just like the Yeah, just the the imagery and um and the cinematography is incredible. Uh yeah, I think this film was worthy of winning um best cinematography. I, I believe it won that year, so like yeah, definitely um very beautiful to look at and um yeah just uh oh and paul dano as uh as paul and eli sunday oh my god like he really 
um, took it to task to act alongside uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, what a legend. Um, yeah, I just love the fact that uh, the little tidbit that Paul Dano only had like less than a week to perform as Eli Sunday because the original actor got fired. So like he was like a last minute addition to playing um yeah, Daniel Plainview's nemesis. Oh, so, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, cool. so um yeah, originally he would only was gonna play Paul Sunday, but he ended up playing both roles. So that was really great. Um so yeah, I always look at the film differently when I'm watching. And um yeah, this this film is just I don't know. It's incredible. Every time I watch it, I'm I'm never bored, and um, I'm always uh, yeah I'm always glued to the screen. Just like you can watch this film on in any time period, and it'll it'll last like the test of time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I would agree with all of you. Um, I would give this a five out of five as well. I don't think I can say it as well as all of you did, but um, yeah, this film was just a master of mood and the use of sound like you touched on, Richie, was incredible in this film. And I found myself really like my heart was invested in what was happening in the scene. And I credit that a lot to their um, use of sound, too. Um, but yeah, it is. It'll stand the test of time for sure. It's a great film. Would watch it 20 more times and probably find something new in this film as well appreciate something new well um yeah let's just get let's get in let's get in there what do you want me to say oh, You've come here and you've brought good and wealth, but you have also brought your bad habits as a backslider. You've lusted after women and you have abandoned your child. Your child that you raised, you have abandoned all because he was sick and you have sinned. So say it now. I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. Say it louder. I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. Louder, Daniel. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I am sorry, Lord. I am sorry, Lord. I want the blood. I want the blood. You have abandoned your child. I've abandoned my child. I will never backslide. I will never backslide. I was lost, but now I am found. I was lost, but now I'm found. I have abandoned my child. Say it. Say it. I've abandoned my child. Say it louder. Say it louder. I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my boy! Beg for the blood! Just give me the blood, Eli. Let me get out of here. Give me the blood, Lord! And let me get away! Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. Get out of here, devil! What? Out, devil! Out, sin! Do you, do you accept the church of the third revelation as your spiritual guide? Jesus Christ as your savior. Yes, I do. 
having to hold back. Sorry if I already gave away some spoilers. <laughs> oh no, you're good. I, I don't... Th yeah, I think we barely gave anything away, really. Um, so so now you have a film to show, right, Abby? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to the students. <laughs> yeah, this one might be a... This is a great film recommendation, but like, ask your parents first. <laughs> Or watch it with them. <laughs> hey, there's too much oil in this movie. Can you handle it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just like the significance of like, I mean, it's, I th it's pretty on the nose, but like, you know, oil as blood, you know, mm -hmm. the more like oil that he sucks out of the earth, like the more people that like, he just kind of discards like the, the communities and the towns like he just kind of he's kind of like a parasite in a way yeah we're like yeah kind of like that he's yeah. just drinking everybody's milkshakes i drink your milkshake blood was a really common theme throughout this film a lot uh, i noticed that felt like it the title itself is referring to a few different things within the film. Obviously, oil is, you know, the blood of America. But I think um, there's a lot of themes with the religious aspect of this as well. And even the scene when he's um, baptizing him, he's asking him to, to beg for the blood. <laughs> and I thought that was an interesting comment. Um, beg for the blood. Um, he literally is begging on his knees, begging to get to the pipeline. Um, built so like that's what he had to do to get his blood flowing <laughs> i guess if you will <laughs> really yeah, like the, even uh, oh sorry I, I was gonna touch on i like that uh even baby hw gets like a little um i was raised catholic but got, i don't fully remember the ash wednesday he got baptized yeah he, he, right. he dabs the oil on his forehead and i know that's a yeah. occurrence on ash wednesday i want to say and it's representative of something in the catholic church but yeah he's very very purposely they have that little scene with a uh, baby hw i think after his father has passed mm. yeah yeah so the so for babies that is the baptism it's like don't pour water on them normally but um yeah but Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I like that though too, like with the blood motif or whatever, like the blood, like there's like the blood relative aspect too. Especially like the way that Daniel treats his blood relatives uh, mm -hmm. or the way he treats uh, or like, I guess his the way he values a blood relative, like at the end of HW, he's like, you're not even of me or you have you have none of me in you um or like when he when he finds out that henry his 
brother who's faking it isn't actually like of his blood he murders him <laughs> which i think it's just like a good, cool motif to the you know like there will be blood if yes if you lie to if you him lie or say, steal from him yeah or ask him for money <laughs> or if you try to become his competition like hw yep mm -hmm. yeah there's just so much yeah there's like so many cool aspects like that like there was one quote uh that like stuck with me I, th I forget what he says i think he says like he's talking to the real estate guy and he, it's like when he's buying all the land and he's just i think he says like kit he's like oh yeah they can be got for sure the real estate guy and then daniel's like can they all be got and the guy's like sure <laughs> and i just <laughs> think i'm like that's literally like how it was it's crazy that's just how it is today it's just like how much can we gobble up and consume or can mm -hmm. i gobble up and consume and take and and just dominate and you know mm -hmm. become a tycoon conglomerate like it's just american it's crazy dream to see the birth the yeah the birth of these whales And uh, Daniel and Eli are battling for a parish. It feels like a majority of the film. Especially with that last uh, lot that's holding out. Hmm. The, the, the decisive lot. That's, uh, Eli's gotten to him first a long time ago, it seems. Yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate that... Um... That Eli was the one who who lost out in the end, um, because at times it's kind of hard to like root for anyone, in my opinion, because um, but but I do understand like Eli's perspective, because he is he's coming from like a you know a very poor family, obviously, and you kind of want to root for him to like take down this ruthless man but like we're in daniel's perspective you know the whole movie so like i did feel conflicted at times i'm like oh yeah that's funny like he you know he beat up eli and he kind of deserved it because he was he was kind of being um full of himself you know but then um yeah but then i realized like dang you know like daniel's kind of um yeah he's kind of an eagle evil like He's kind of a psychopath in a way. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like I would like, I think Daniel and uh, Eli are like the same person like, in like a different way. Like, and, like different two industries. sides of the same coin. Yeah, they're both kind of insane. If anything, Eli is more insane, I feel like towards the end. Like, I think he has like good intentions when at the beginning of the movie, but then the same thing happens to him. He becomes more successful along with Daniel's success and then he and eventually like is consumed by greed as well like he gets paid out by Daniel and leaves the town and his home and you know starts becoming like a radio radio preacher yeah radio preacher does he ever get paid out by Daniel I don't think so. The five thousand. He did. Yeah, I didn't think he did. He asked him for that at the very end. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he doesn't get paid out. I'm sorry. 
But yeah, he comes asking for the money, but he's still like, I guess, I don't know, finding success. You know, like he's like obviously <laughs> yeah. building his but, life. I feel like he's the lesser of the two evils, though. Oh, for sure. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, Daniel definitely did way more damage in, uh, yeah, in the uh, long like, run. Their two characters like, also oppose each other, but reflect the two power systems in the United States as well. <laughs> I love, right. yeah. I like, that's why I like, I, I just love this movie of like, there are two scenes where like, at first, when da uh, Daniel's trying to, you know, lay the pipeline, he has to go admit his sins, and Eli just clowns him, and I've abandoned my child. <laughs> like it's like so good, and then, yeah. and then, at the end, you know, it like all comes back full circle, and and uh, Daniel makes Eli do the same thing, and it's like they're both checked, like. Like Daniel for sure abandoned his child and murdered somebody and like he sinned and like you know he he deserved to get checked like that. But then I all I think that um Eli was like a false prophet and you know he's just doing all this for like a weird like power dynamic in his head, whether he's insane or he just wants control of people or whatever. I think that I, was I also don't think true. you can call like all preachers at the time like all of them insane or like like they want to control things you know he's a product of his environment too you know although like I, I guess i don't know i don't know if like all preachers were like that at the time though but i think even that like the way that like character like certain people reacted to him maybe or i guess maybe just daniel if like He's like, that was a pretty damn good show you put on in there. Like, after he talks to the lady with arthritis. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like Daniel's, like, the only one that sees through his facade. <laughs> right. It's like they they were both able to see through each other's masks, in a way. Yeah. Like and the, the, it, the scene, Tyler. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, the, I've abandoned my boy scene. Uh this time watching, I noticed uh, that uh, it's hard to tell how much of it is genuine. Like, do you think he's gen like the emotion is genuine of like, I've abandoned my boy. He's feeling remorse. I yeah. I but then a part of it, but a part of it, like when he stands up and he's. He's relieved or relieved. It, it's not because like his uh, his sins have been <laughs> washed. from. That's like he <laughs> ceremony. And that allows him his goal, which is to get the property. And like, so it feels like they both know, like, just like how Eli is becoming like a kind of proto evangelical, like Southern, like yeah. speaking in tongues. And like he's, he's created a new symbol and what's it called? New symbols, a new, uh, new social contracts through like interacting with his church. That mm. means you're in or out. And uh, Daniel seems to know how to play that up or like, hey, I'm here confessing my sins. They want me to, you know, tear my heart out and just cry to the heavens. And he Did does any of that. you catch when he's in the middle of that, though? And um, oh, yeah, he yeah. gives him the devil eye. Well, he he, he said I got the pipeline or something. They're, they're both speaking at the same time, so it's difficult to to distinguish it. But as it's all going down and Eli is basically like hitting like the peak of his <laughs> wild exorcism. Um, 
you can hear Daniel in the background saying, where's he at? Where's he at? Show him to me. Something like that. Like basically saying like, yeah, yeah. Show me, show me what, you know, your best show that you can put on basically while he's in the moment with him. I hadn't noticed that the first time I watched it. And the second time oh. I watched it, I was like, he is there and himself the entire time through that. He does not break regardless of, you know, what we might like see him feeling. Maybe he does feel a little remorse for it, you know, but even through all of that, he's still was on the prize on what he wanted out of it and also calling Eli out in the middle of everything. <laughs> well, he he definitely had some contempt for Eli during that scene. Oh, yeah. Because um, because like he gave him that you know that stink eye, and then as soon as they were done, he even said like, "Oh, I got." He said something about like, "Oh, I got the pipeline or something." <laughs> he did. Like he's yeah. And then and then he goes up to Eli, but we don't hear them speaking. But like he says something yes. to him, or he whispers something to him, and then like you see like Eli's face, like he said Just something not so nice. <laughs> you can tell he's like Eli is like defeated that Daniel doesn't feel defeated or humiliated yes. mm -hmm. like i think the whole time daniel didn't feel any remorse or like maybe i he felt bad a little bit like as he's saying like he's abandoned his boy but i honestly really think like especially after watching it a second time it more so like looks like frustration on his face that he's having to say it or like anger that like eli is trying to humiliate him embarrass him rather than actually trying to get him to atone for his sins or feel bad about the things he's done yeah I, th I think during that moment of um when daniel and eli are having like their little one-on-one -on -one, but we can't hear it he's like promising like vengeance in a way because like i feel like that's all daniel's ever known is like a vengeance to or i guess utilizing vengeance as a healthy or not really a healthy way but a very productive way of getting ahead in in mm. life mm. um like anytime he's slighted by anyone he, it, it's always straight to straight to 10 with him as to sort of like quell any sort of opposition or opposing voice force that stands in the way of his ultimate destiny and it's so odd seeing the scene between him and um hw um towards the end of it when you just see that hw has like long since accepted the the possibility that daniel would completely disown him but also hoping for some sort of chance for mm. him to remain or i guess have some sort of um sliver of who he used to be still still caught up in there and that transition of uh hw getting or when uh hw is standing with his wife to be and then like it just transitions to multiple years later of them getting wed to each other that's like it's such a somber feeling just because of like the tone of it but it's still like one of the better moments to me and then seeing how much Daniel has aged and sort of seeing the consequences of 
you of, of I guess um implementing this sort of lifestyle where it's I mean the like the two archetypes of like money and religion like Daniel being just straight up money just that's it there's nothing else to it whereas like rel with religion there's like the power to like flaunt influence and like be one who has like the divine touch with what everyone wants which is like oh well what comes after life whereas like Daniel is strictly in the present he isn't focused on the past or the future it's just always going and it's like when you have like the archetype of money nothing is going to stand in its way and it's like with the death of God like there was still like a like a rush for everyone to try and like keep believing and like having faith and then like the moment the Great Depression hits it's gone it's out the door <laughs> or yeah. at least it's like put into question and Daniel resides as the god that he's been calling or that the god of reckoning in a way and it's just such a brilliant dynamic and I, I think I agree with um with uh, what Tyler was saying with it where oh wait I don't know I, I keep changing my mind on it like did he feel remorse? Did he not? Like, is he just, is this all he ever is? Is just this person? I don't know. I think he did feel remorse in the moment and, and for it overall, but I don't think he was going to allow that remorse to give any type of control to Eli in the situation. You know, he was like, sure, I'll play your game. Five seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially with the way it ends and the way he treats hw at the end it's like i think if anything that scene is pretty much like the death of like his love for hw like he's willing to that's what I he's willing know, to guess. sacrifice in exchange for the pipeline you guys are making me reflect uh because i was like oh i think because again yeah it's right it's one of those things of uh those moments where he lashes out as like he's new money and those standard oil guys ask where his son is, I believe. And he's like, I'm going to come in your house. I'm going to slit your throat. <laughs> That's it. And then the same thing with Eli at the baptism of like, you abandon your boy where it's like, I, I first took that as like remorse for, he does have emotional investment in the boy of the father that his, uh, first oil well killed. Mm. But then it's like, Oh no, it's actually, it's also connected to his brand as a uh, Daniel Plainview, the family man, <sighs> just yeah. humbly, getting oil and like every time it feels like you're getting the like the violent aspect of his cutthroatness and defending hw it's still connected to is it actually about him abandoning hw or is it about his image and brand as the plainview family oil company yeah, or whatever absolutely and, and hw's betrayal in the end or i guess you know ultimately abandoning him in the end was like the ultimate betrayal, right? Because the whole point of <laughs> raising HW as his own son was so that he could take over his business. No, I don't think that was the point. In, in, the point was of, for him to have. I don't think he ever like had like even he probably never even thought of 
giving it away to somebody. What it was in the no, it was. Remember, it, he was talking about um, how he was going to like build this huge, yeah, the the best. He was going to be the best. He was going to have the oil business, and it was going to stay in his family, and he would pass it on to his son. That. Did anybody else? Does anybody else remember when he talks about that? I think it's more so he had HW as like, like even like the guy says like this cute little face. How can people say no to you? Like right, to, right. To, to portray himself as this family man. Yeah, in the beginning, um, yeah. and that's well, really why he well, had him around. Well, yeah, because think, he abandoned him too. Remember, so like when Henry came into the picture, he thought, yeah, okay, finally I have like true blood, you know, by my blood, side. Yeah. And, you know, that's when he became his most vulnerable and he started to bring him to all like his business meetings and transactions too. Yeah. So like, um, so I, I felt like that's what he wanted Henry there for before, you know, before he found out what really happened. So that's why he got HW back. Right. So. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Cause he forget, he's yeah, using he him forget. his whole life. I do want to say, oh shit, sorry. No, I'm sorry. You're... I just wanted to tack on that. Like, I, from personally myself, I do want to believe at the end when he's like finally cutting it off with the HW, and HW is still polite enough to, not polite enough, but still loves his dad enough to put out the olive branch, but he refuses mm. it. That's like just his character. That's the way he is. I do want to believe there was. There has to have been a connection between the two. Yeah. Beyond just sure. business partners. But maybe not. I think I think there is in that scene at least some remorse. Or I don't think it's one way or the other. I think it's a complex mix of both throughout their entire relationship. Is that when we see the the hat scene, Kevin? Yeah, it's like immediately as he's like going down the stairs, like he's leaving one of the yeah, that's like one of the standout moments for me of this movie is like that. Um, just that that shift from seeing a broken Daniel and like completely, at least topically disowning HW and then just, oh gosh, in conjunction with that, with those brilliant moments of them connecting mm -hmm. like you, I think that yeah I I think that he is definitely bleeding on the inside when it comes to that when uh when it comes to HW leaving like he views it as like a slight against him and I think that Daniel has like such a touchy ego that the moment he feels like somebody is gonna get you know a leg up on him he shifts into fight or flight mode and because that's all he's ever known it's like oh well what happens if somebody does get to get the better of me like will i have to endure an event like the one of me falling of you know with the well like and it, it, it's clear to show that like he had he been given like a bit more guidance and i guess having having a lot more like emotional connection and vulnerability with like other people and being able to I don't know, not have to go through such tragic events like that. Maybe this could have all been averted. But then again, like, would somebody else have filled the role? 
I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The times are rough. I like the uh, when HW is talking to Daniel about. I forget the I forget her name. But it was Mary. Mary Sunday. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like that little when they're at the fire together, and he talks about, "Oh, Mary told me her her dad hits her," and it's just like a silent, like oppressive. It's one of those things. Like Daniel doesn't have the answer. He can lean on him, but. It's like the 1900s. Yeah. It was just a rough time. Yeah. And there were they no laws about. But yeah, that last scene, just there's so many like one liners that Daniel says as insults that are just so fucking heavy. I'm like, holy shit. Like, you just you were just a bastard in a basket. You just keep saying it as he's walking out the fucking hall. The ones he says to Eli though at that last scene. He's like Yeah, um I think I wrote that one. Oh, he said, yeah, they should have they should have put you in a glass jar as a mantelpiece. <laughs> yeah, he said Ooh. you second born. <laughs> yeah, something you came out like a worm from your mother's womb. Something to- Okay. Your mother from your mother's filth. They should have put you in a glass jar as a masterpiece. That's crazy. <laughs> Are that you gonna use is... those now, Tyler? When you get yes. up people? Yeah. <laughs> that is like the most fire insult. <laughs> I think he was saying like, "Oh, where were you when when Paul was sucking out your mother's teeth?" <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You just oh goes, man! Just went so far, like just yeah. pure, pure evil. I I love the scenes with him and um Standard Oil Company when he was um talking down to Tilford. It's like, don't you ever tell me how to uh, raise my child, like just even like this like a slight um comment about like his son. He got like extremely upset. And, like threatened to like murder him in his sleep. <laughs> and then later, like when they see him at the restaurant, he can't just let it be, you know, even though right. by all means he won, right? <laughs> like you can definitely yeah. say he's doing just fine and there was no reason for an interaction there, but he had to just make a scene and I love those. Though. Yeah, it's so, he turned out a million dollars. So Daniel's character, like he cannot. There's something inside him, like he talks about. You know, like it's not just that he has to win, but other people have to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he took like he took a shot of his drink <laughs> right after that confrontation, <laughs> and then everyone else cheered after that. <laughs> yeah he was he was a drinker giving his kid giving baby hw whiskey a right? dad dad oh my god he, well, although the one time me. he doesn't drink is when when eli offers a drink at the end mm-hmm. 
But at the same yep, time, same like, that was very common to give children whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Shit, I wish we could give Mac whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised he hasn't barked during the pod. Yeah, probably just jinxed us. <laughs> I gave him a lot of CBD. <laughs> uh, I do. I do have a question though. Like, why do you think um, Daniel never like found someone, or like never married, or even had his own child, or something? He had someone. Did he? Yeah, dollar no. dollar bills, yo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> say, he's, he's married to the game. Yep. He's like a married sailor. His lady is the sea. Has anyone photoshopped uh, Marlo Briggs and Daniel Plainview standing on the same corner? <laughs> Man. I love that. I love I just love how, though, how like epic this movie is without like I feel like there's no like crazy uh, concepts or like camera movements or, you know, like I don't know. There's nothing like crazy grandiose. Like I guess it is grandiose, but I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's no like like they don't have to do any crazy techniques or anything. to. Yeah. Yeah. It's very well done amazing. without overdoing it, without overproducing it like, um because like the story itself earlier, is sorry sorry babe oh you go for it <laughs> no no yeah i was just saying like yeah like it like kevin was saying earlier like it just flows so well and there's they don't have to do anything fancy like just just everything about it is just brings you in mm -hmm. That's very captivating story, and it's interesting because there's really not a lot of characters. Pretty straightforward the whole time. No, yeah, there's really like four characters. Yeah. Yeah, and I noticed there isn't like too much depth beyond uh, Daniel Plainview and HW. You know, like they don't really give a lot of uh, development to the other characters. You know, but I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? Because the the film is about those two and like the character study of uh, Mr. Plainview. Um, well, and and Eli Sunday too, but like, Almost yeah, really it's really like those three are the focal point. Yeah, but in a sense, they're like reflective of society as a whole, you know, like they are, they kind of play these different mm -hmm. roles in American society at that time. How Christianity and capitalism were kind of at odds that the most they had ever been at this point in American history, you know, so it created this huge divide in society, not really a divide, but kind of a, you know, there's two different types of Americans at this time period, you know, those who are pursuing that capital frontier like Daniel is, those who are relying on uh, tradition. I was going to say uh, just like the the capital frontier. Uh, to me, a lot of like the big cinematic, like grandiose, comes from just like the their recreation of like the Wild West. So it's leaning on those 
connotations we have of what it means to be back then. The mm -hmm. rugged wilds, the open plains, the great detail of Daniel when he has his broken leg, he's laying on the floor with like a double barrel next to him as they're like certifying his silver mine and everything's being done. Because like it's so wild back then that like yeah. he's doubtful that they may try to pull something and take the mine from him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when we get a lot of those wide plane shots, I was always just like, it's yeah, it's hard. You just imagine the past or the the old yeah. wild west and what life is like. It definitely made me shot. appreciate the film, though, because it's hard. To, I don't know. I feel like it'd be hard to find those shots with the endless nothingness that they were able to depict, you know? There's that music, too, that goes along with it throughout, like the unnerving. Like, it's almost like like it feels like you're watching a thriller. Oh, like a horror film. But I, yeah, but I wouldn't call it a thriller. Although, at times, I guess it is. I love the Eli when he, he confronts Daniel. He says, like, where's our money? And then Daniel slaps him. But it, it's, like a, it's like a classic, like, draw buildup. Like, he's walking. <laughs> and the music's, like, yeah. going hard. And he walks up, where's our money? And then he just immediately is demasculated. <laughs> you can tell, though, Daniel's body language. He's like, is this fool really walking right up to me right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looks like he's got to draw a gun and like shoot him before <laughs> Paul does. Right, this film like feels like a western, but it isn't. Yeah. In that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a mixture of a western and a gangster movie. <laughs> the typical downfall. Um, I was listening to this, um, podcast, um, of these guys that did There Will Be Blood. I forget the name. I think their name's like, uh, what's the meaning or show me the meaning or something. And one of these guys made like a really cool point that I didn't, uh, notice before he was talking about, um, his like signature, Daniel's signature at the beginning of the movie, how like crisp and clean it is. And it's just like a gorgeous signature, like at the beginning when he's like this ambitious guy, just, you know, trying to make his make way a name for himself in the, in world. the business world. And yeah. Then, mm -hmm, and then at the end, I think it's the it's like the first I think the first um, shot we see of the scene of him in like his dark dungeon mansion of an office or whatever. And he signs his name again and it's super like sloppy and blotchy and um you know, just like gross looking, like, like, you know, like just showing his chains of a character. Decrepit. Old, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Greedy. You know, he's just been consumed by the, the money. Yeah. The he did a really them. good job acting old and, and drained and with his hunchback and, um, the grimace that he wore on his face towards the end, like, Really well done. Mm -hmm. Drainage. I need to watch more. <laughs> uh, I need to watch. I want to watch more PTA, like 
I've seen a few of his stuff, but I just, I know he's like renowned as like one of the greatest and just like that motif, especially like, like uh, that guy pointing it out. I just think that's like, that's just such a cool little thing to add into your movie that I feel like a lot of people probably won't catch, but like that for right. sure is purposeful and you know, that's just like a master of his craft. Yeah. Makes you want to make it like makes me want to make a movie. Hmm. Like little stuff like that or like the hat scene, you know, like those little cuts. The cinematography yeah. too. Like I love the shots of like when the, the oil bursts through and when um, HW goes deaf. And then we see like shots from at, at night of the oil just like burning like just a fire tower and we have like it's like a furnace vignette like 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 you're like looking at it like from like the inside of a hot furnace yeah which i feel like you know like that's just like so simple like i'm sure a lot of people could think like i don't know but like it's just it's a nice touch yeah that scene really stood out. I mean, obviously it was a major event that happened, um, like story changer event, but um, everything was so well done. And especially to me, music stood out in that scene. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was like, um, it was like a percussion beat, but it was almost like tribal in a way. It was kind of unexpected for that yeah. theme and that moment in the film um but it really did a good job of kind of pulling you even more in to what was happening after what had just happened you still felt the um the urgentness of what was going on even after it was like pretty much already done you know i just thought that was really well done that that scene stood out to me a lot because of the way it felt yeah, yeah. that like that like tribal music add like because uh, you didn't hear anything like that throughout the whole movie it's like that weird like zany violin sound that's all like thrillerish mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you hear like this tribe these like tribal sounds and it adds like a bunch, way more suspense and weight to the scene mm -hmm. and that to me it was kind of like i don't know i felt like it was tapping into that little voice that's like that's what happens when you mess with nature, you know, like it, I don't know, the different style of music kind of tapped into that thought yeah. for me. Or is that what happens when you don't let uh, Eli bless the well? Mm, yeah, that's a question. The Lord's blessing. <laughs> Or is that what happened when you let your nine-year-old hang out around an uncontrolled oil well? <laughs> <laughs> what? No one's been hurt at one of those. In the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, two guys had been <laughs> freaking killed already. Still just father. Chilling next to it. Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, three. Wait, yeah. No. There, only two guys die in the well. He has own father, though. 
So sad too. You could tell his dad like really loved him and like was gonna take good care of him. And then he gets stuck with this yeah. shitty rich a different fate. foster dad. The crazy thing is like not much has changed even today, you know. People still like working at these jobs or these warehouses work twelve hour shifts and like get into accidents all the time. And then you know There's a big uh, couple of deaths from a certain monopolist. <laughs> is it, uh, the Amazon factory in the hurricane or the tornado? Oh yeah. Oh really? What happened? I think it was eight deaths when uh Amazon workers were in a factory and I think there were sirens or like warnings about the tornado approaching and there's like it's there's a bit of a debate but it's clear that the employees were like pressured to uh volunteers staying and working through a partial partially it or sheltering at the factory and then uh yeah the tornado hit and it killed I think eight employees terrifying Nobody's talking about that. They they got all the hush money they need. They're talking about it for a week, I think. I mean, I think they're talking about it, yeah. <laughs> but also, like... Yeah, but yeah that's... Is anything going to happen? Mm. It's just like watching a session or whatever. Like, they have all that money to, you know, pay off whoever they need to. Right. I mean, especially if, like, they control a lot of those media outlets. I mean... You know, they're not they're not going to be as harsh as they could be or they're not going to be as critical or they're going to give it that much attention. Yeah. You know what? This actually kind of. Yeah, I have a question for you guys. So what do you think at the very end of the film? Can we talk about this? Yeah, definitely. OK. Um, <laughs> the last line is I'm finished, <laughs> right? Um. Do you think that meant this time? Or do you think that was like Daniel's way of saying goodbye? I mean, at that point, he had cut all of his closest relationships. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah, even killing Eli. You know, he just got rid of HW. Eli's really the only other person mm -hmm. kind of had a relationship with it, whether or not it would, you know, regardless mm -hmm. if it was toxic or not. So I wait, what's your what's your question? Do you think he just meant like like to his butler, like, I'm done, come clean up? Or do you think it meant more than that? Yeah. Say so cynically, I think that's what he's doing. He's just saying, yeah, I'm done. Come clean this up. I'm beyond uh, responsibility for this. He'll be made to disappear. I think it certainly has a double meaning to it, for sure. As in, like, man, I'm you know I'm through with this, and at the same time, like, hey, come clean up my mess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting because like. The fact that his son got married to Mary, like he's, they're like, they're all bound by blood now, you know? Like he's bound to Eli through that. But like, oh, wow. 
he can't truly like break away even though like he killed him but like he's still gonna be tied to the Lay's Sunday family. family yeah through his mm-hmm. daughter-in-law interesting Yeah, I think I think it I mean, yeah, for sure double meaning. But I kind of do agree with Pat of it just being like no, he's not finished being an oil man or you know, trying to suck the world drive all the resources and money. He'll never be finished. Um, yeah, he'll never be finished. I think it's uh yeah, just the cynical like I'm I'm above cleaning up this body I just murdered I have enough mm-hmm. cash resources pow- power to just you clean it up I'm finished okay so this could be a what'd you say this could be what this could be a stretch but it could be like a reference to the uh, biblical I think Jesus on the cross the last thing is it's finished oh yeah and then he's he's doing I'm finished I've completely replaced the in the integrated power religion had on humanity and now I'm the dominant force and even the difference between it's finished and like it it is in the sacrifice is finished for the sins versus I'm done the very selfish like I've 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 taken my peace yeah yeah no it almost feels like the the film is going to end right before that scene happens too um, I just want to hear your thoughts, all of you, on on you know like the last scene. I if we were to ask the question, was the last scene necessary? Then I think all of us would probably agree. Um, a lot of people think it was like too much, but I don't know. Like, why do you think they felt it was necessary to include that last part? Like, they could have just left it where it was without that last scene. So you're saying end it after he talks to HW? Mm-hmm. And they have like the flashback yeah, of him sure. being HW's dad. And, you know, like Eli, it feels like isn't even like in the story anymore. That's long gone, you know? Yeah, no, I think absolutely that. I mean, that's the best scene in the movie for sure. That That last scene, the milkshake scene. Be- like, I think I remember watching that scene. Sorry, what? Keep going. Oh, um, I'm just saying, like, I feel like the first time watching that scene, especially just that monologue by Daniel Day-Lewis, just, like, berating Eli. Uh, it's just, like, just a masterpiece of, of acting right there and, like, Writing. execution. Of yeah. Everything just like let's just let him go and yeah they just got like you know one of the like most iconic scenes I think in like American film history for sure I mean and then yeah the you get the milkshake quote too which I think is <laughs> hey Tyler now now you have something to say to your cousin now what like I drink your milkshake Eli <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but i think absolutely it's necessary i think taking that not having that scene in there is like a tragedy it's not that it's not a movie like with uh, 
Because then it's like if you end it with that scene of whatever him um, reminiscing on those memories with HW, I feel like that that's just not the right ending for this movie. But then like, it goes oh, back okay. to him yeah, like he did feel bad. breaking himself to sleep. You know, after what you talked about, like his signature being, you know, you can tell he is a worn down man. Yeah, I guess you're right. It still is sad if you exclude that, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I I think that last scene was added in there so that like maybe we wouldn't feel as much sympathy for him losing that connection. And we and it'll show like, you know, Daniel's still the same person, you know. He hasn't like he hasn't grown from you know hasn't learned from the last time he killed somebody yeah like yeah. he you know he was he was baptized but like you know he, he only did it as a means to an end like he just did it to get what he wanted and yeah i mean he's been he's been inching to kill eli since he met him you know sure. so um yeah, I don't know. I I thought the ending was really fitting. Because, um, yeah, everything he did usually ended up in blood, you know, or someone being killed. Um, yeah, I think it just reaffirms his madness and hunger for power, greed, all of that. Right, just like it's fulfilling his insatiable, yeah. Um, Richie, I think you're right on the money there. Like with the the last second of what you see on screen is Eli laying next to him with blood, literally just like pouring over the floor. Mm-hmm. Did not lie. There was blood. Anybody? Right, Anybody else? There was blood. Um, okay, what do you guys think HW means? Why HW? Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's partially because of Henry, his brother, who he has lost contact with, but I don't know what the W is. Yeah, I'm not sure. <clears throat> yeah, I don't really know. They didn't really. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it's like a biblical reference to. I don't know. Curious. Yeah, I do I mean, like. It does kind of have a hat. Uh, I guess no. Never mind. I take that I mean, back. I'm still wondering what backslider means. That's what Eli called him. I think it's just like um <laughs> backstabber. Yeah, I don't know. Is there is there a deeper meaning? I don't know about. <laughs> but he's laughing. I'm being a little facetious, so, yes. but like <laughs> No, I'm I'm being a little facetious, but like I mean I assume it's like slang, like for calling him like a deviant or something. That's what I assume, yeah. but honestly, I don't even know what, what it means. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just thought it was a funny word. Yeah. It's like, you're a backslider. 
very it's very American slang for that time period, I feel like. Uh, th this definition is someone who lapses into previous undesirable patterns of behavior. Right. Oh, nice. Okay, so that it doesn't have be. any deeper meaning. I was like, that's it, right? It just means you do what you were, <laughs> what you did before that you swore you weren't going to do anymore. I don't know. <laughs> it, it originates as a Christian insult. Oh, oh a Christian insult. Yeah. Yeah. Like you slides back in the sin. Repent from your sins, right? And then you say you won't do it anymore. And then if you do them again, then you're a backslider. Mm -hmm. oh. A term just like rings like this time period, like muckraker, you know, like those types of right. slang that was used in the early 20th century. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, now we have a new term to use, everyone. Uh, Tyler, you, yeah, you have something to use now when you're upset at someone. Thanks. You backslider. Please don't call me anything from Gangs of New York with Daniel D. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> it's this. Okay, I got a question. What is what's the best Daniel Day Lewis performance of all time? Is this it? This might be it. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think this is it. It's kind of funny how <laughs> he plays these like incredibly significant figures in American history, but they're all significant in such different ways. <laughs> like a prominent gangster, I... a president, and an oil tycoon. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Oh, I remember when um I was reading The Crucible. And I think it was in like middle school or something. Mm -hmm. And we ended up watching the movie. And then for some reason, when his character came on screen, I'm like, man, this guy's like really going at it. Like everyone else kind of like, eh? <laughs> but like for some reason, I'm like, dang, this guy is just like on one. <laughs> He's like, ah! as his like chest is getting crushed with like rocks. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good in that movie too. Yeah, he like always brings his A game. Mm -hmm. He does not hold back. <laughs> Put him in a Marvel movie, he'll go full method still. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he was he was really great in Phantom uh, Thread. Yeah, I I liked him in that movie, but I didn't really like the movie itself. So like mm -hmm. maybe. Maybe I can, I don't know. I couldn't appreciate his performance at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like him in Gangs of New York. Mm -hmm. Gangs of New York too, for sure. But yeah, There Will Be Blood takes the cake for me. Yeah. I actually haven't seen Phantom Thread, but I've been wanting to watch that. Have any of you seen, any of you seen Lincoln? Lincoln? Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I actually only saw it in theaters when it first came out. So that is one that I would need to rewatch. But I guess I have used like several clips from that movie um, in my classes for teaching purposes. But I need to rewatch the whole thing. It was a great film. Is this the what's your guys's? best PTA film 
in your opinion? Ooh. There will, this, yeah, definitely there will be blood. Either that or like Magnolia. I was going to say, I haven't seen Magnolia either, but I know that Magnolia is like top two or three for him. I'd say either between this one and Punch Drunk Love. Oh, yeah, Punch Drunk Love, too. His range is same as Kevin. Like, they feel like they're made by different people, but they're from the same guy. And yeah, both so good. Yeah, he has that new. What's the new one out? Um, Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza, yeah. That looks really good too. Oh, and that's it's like, him wait, too. What? Like I just seen the preview for that. Like seeing, I haven't seen the movie at all, so I don't really know exactly what it's about. But like, just seeing there will be blood, <laughs> or like I know I think Magnolia is kind of like darker yeah. too, right? What yeah. about Boogie yeah. Nights? <laughs> it's pretty good. I like that movie. Did PTA do the Master? Yeah, I think it was someone else. Yeah, oh, he okay. did. Oh, that one's really good too. Damn. Master- an inherent vice. Wait, that's with Joaquin. That's the one with Joaquin Phoenix, right? And yeah, dang, yeah, freaking Paul Thomas Anderson. Dang, he's got a serious catalog. All right, but yeah, that's it's just crazy. It's like to have that much range and have that many just classics under your belt or just freaking bangers. Did you know that Licorice Pizza is based off of like how he had a crush on his teacher growing up and like he hired the daughter of the actual teacher that he had a crush on growing up whoa that's like kind of so yeah he was like a teenager having a crush on this woman who's like 10 years older than him so then he had they hired philip seymour hoffman's son to like play that kid who had a crush on an older woman interesting and even Paul Thomas oh. Anderson said that she looks like her mom. So, like, he's legit fulfilling that those fantasies. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's something I would admit. Yeah, he definitely admitted it. And, and someone asked him about that before in, in interviews about, like, oh, do you have some, there's, is there some kind of Freudian complex or whatever between, like, you know? these like mother figures and then I don't remember what his answer was but like he basically confirmed it <laughs> yeah yeah maybe just leave that one out next time right? maybe that's why there's no mother figure and there will be blood <laughs> interesting but anyway that's Paul Thomas Anderson that um, is actually something that I noticed prodigy. that I didn't necessarily want to make a huge deal because I don't I don't know but there's like no women in this film there's there are but right. there's definitely no attention given to any females right there aren't any like prominent yeah female characters for yeah. sure but it's like would it be uh I don't know I guess obviously it's ref- like reflective of the times and with for with a movie like this would it be like i don't know like you know like sometimes especially nowadays i feel like a lot of movies are like trying to they're trying too hard shows and movies are trying too hard to like incorporate their like whatever you know like 
get whatever message they want to get across, like your female power stuff, your, you know, you want to incorporate all these different uh, races and all that, which is cool. Like, that all should be incorporated in the movies, but sometimes it feels forced, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. To where it's like, well, what did it felt I forced? Well, I know that no, he had I'm, some not saying, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be girls or more females in this movie. Right. I guess Mary, I mean. Oh. Yeah, she's like yeah. one of the best of the two characters. The two good characters in the movie. Yeah. It's split 50 50. Yeah. Well, kind of um, bouncing off what you said, Tyler, like, I heard that he kind of does that in kind of a shocking way in Licorice Pizza. Or like he has a character who does like a an obviously racist imitation of an Asian person where he'll like speak mockingly to another person who is Asian and he'll do like that person would do an accent. And I heard that it happens a couple times in the film. But like I heard that he there was like no point to it. Or like I don't know. Paul Thomas Anderson had come out and said, oh, I was just being reflective of the times. And then like people are like, OK, so like. And, and what? What was the whole point of that? But like, yeah, I heard that's like one of the few criticisms the movie got. But I don't know. Like you said, like it seemed kind of. Out of nowhere, or out of place. And if he too, was like too forced or something. Right. Like, if, if he was doing that, then, like, what was the whole point? You know, like, other than to get a laugh, because apparently it's supposed to be comedic. But, like, why why do something, like, controversial like that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I, I do love Mary's character. The... Yeah. I'd say the wedding scene is probably the happiest scene in the movie or the um the shot of HW like as a baby and Daniel when they're like leaving the train pretty much right after he Daniel like takes him in as his son and then they're sitting on the train like leaving to another town and HW's like reaching up as his, to his face like petting his face as a little baby yeah I'm like, oh, it's so, it's so cute. Little <laughs> does he know. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's probably the only heartfelt moment in the whole movie. Between the two of them? Yeah, I'd say so. No. Other than, I guess, also, like, that scene at the end. No, when he gets back, finally. I actually found that scene to be very intimate between the two of them. And you see him walking as quickly as he can walk over to them and asking for a hug. And you see a hesitant hug from HW, but then then he has he to. Well, but also Daniel like has to stop again because he's so overwhelmed and has to hold like squeeze him again, you know? That to me was one of the most intimate moments where he was like, hold on, let me hug you again. <laughs> and then he gets slapped. Yeah. Right. I mean, that in itself is a um, 
part of the intimacy in that moment between the two of them, you know? Like, there is this unspoken complexity in their relationship now, and it probably made Daniel, you know, miss him and, and appreciate having him around more after he came back, you know? But at the same time, like... Yeah. H.W. is never going to recover from that feeling of abandonment in his entire life. Never. You know that it's altered things forever for them. Yeah. And I think I didn't realize, or maybe I just forgot, but I didn't realize that the first time he finds out that he's that Daniel actually isn't his real dad isn't until the end, mm -hmm. like when he's... 20 or 30 or whatever, however old he is. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck, after all that, after all the all the shit he just said, and then he says that. But, like, if you were like HW, would you even believe him? Or would you think he was just trying to hurt you? I would believe him. I feel like he knows him probably better than anybody. Especially once he says, like, you were just a face for me to buy land. Yeah. I mean, he abandoned him, too, you know? And I'm sure he probably never talked to him about his mom. Because he probably literally knew nothing about his mom. His real mom. Poor HW, man. Don't go into business with your parents. <laughs> yeah. You know, ended up all right for all of the things that were working against him. A good heart. Him and Mary. Maybe because he's Stand not up. related. Daniel, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, do you guys uh have any closing thoughts? Any uh last minute revelations, third revelations? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> Stupid joke. I have one. That's uh I'm finished. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she just cut it right there, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think that about sums it up, at least. Should we all go around and do oh, our yeah. best Daniel Day Lewis impression? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't about... yeah. I'm super down. Tyler I does it all Daniel the time. Day -Lewis is. Is <laughs> I literally do it all the time. Daniel Day Lewis is like, especially in this movie, like, I feel like I'm actually pretty good at it. You are. It. You are. Good Wait, at is it. Daniel Day Is he Irish? No. Wait, he might be. He's English. Oh, is he? Oh, I know. Yeah, he's English. Oh, I don't know why I thought it was Irish. Could be Welsh. I think they're a part of that. 
Yeah, I just hope he comes out of retirement for like the 12th time and act again. <laughs> yeah. He makes me want in this movie, like, I want to bring back my mustache so fucking bad. Dude. <laughs> he has the cleanest mustache in this movie. <laughs> With that jawline. <laughs> Like, that's attractive. He's attractive, right? Right, babe? He's attractive. An attractive man. In a Very special much. type of way, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I don't know how... In an oiled... Yeah, in a way. fucked up psychopath, um, capitalist monster <laughs> way, I guess, in this movie. <laughs> no, but Daniel Day-Lewis, yes, is an attractive man. Yeah. He doesn't rock the yeah, mustache. He's a shoe cobbler babe. in real life. He doesn't yeah, always he's, rock the mustache in real life. He was born in England. But he has yeah, British, he, British and Irish citizenship. He, he retired to be a shoemaker. Really? Mm-hmm. That's wild. Damn. He's going to be like, I will make your shoes. <laughs> Now I'm an oil man, and I will. Yeah. I'll just do plain speaking now. What is he saying? <laughs> I hope you don't mind plain speaking. <laughs> That's pretty good. You sound just like him, Tyler. Yeah, right. He is good. <laughs> Daniel Plainview's darkness was part of what attracted Daniel Day Lewis to the character. Oh, so good. Even when he freaking falls down the tunnel and he snaps his freaking leg right there. That's the beginning of the greed. He grabs the silver before even checking his leg. He's like, okay, we're good. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. People are crawling his way back to civilization. He doesn't even check out his leg. He just makes sure like there's silver deposit in there. Well, thanks for having me on the pod, guys. Thanks for letting me last minute crash this party. I love this film. Um, classic. Thanks for letting me participate. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, you should come on more. That was really awesome of you to like be our guest. I usually yeah. watch the movies with Tyler. Well, about half the time. <laughs> I can't bring her on every time. She's going to steal my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have a competition. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming on, babe. You're awesome. Thanks for watching these movies with me. Of course. Thank you guys for do, watching this. I know it's a long one. Doesn't even feel I've been long to pick this though. For a long time. I'm I know. Not, I'm, I'm happy like, you still want to keep song. talking about it. I wish we were like in person, like around the fire right now. Like then we could just like keep chopping it up. 
Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think that uh that wraps it up. Everyone, if you haven't seen There Will Be Blood, turn off this podcast right now and go watch it. It's free on Netflix. Drain drop. I'm so sorry. If if you have a milkshake and I have a milkshake. And I have a straw. There it is. That's a straw, you see. Watch it. My straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up! Thank you.